Welcome to the offer. The no sugar added approach to the talent triangle with an unfiltered view of employers, candidates, and recruiters. I am your host, Michael Glinter. The offer Before we get started, just a few notes. If you need help with anything or have any questions or you want to do a sponsorship on my show or you're looking for someone to look at your resume, give you an evaluation and potentially hire them for resume services, please email me at michael at michaelglinter.com. Again, that is michael at michaelglinter.com. And I will also list this information in my podcast notes. I'm excited to have Alex Sanfilippo on my show today. Alex, just like myself, is a branding expert. He's been in the operations management business for 15 years, and he's created a new website, Create a Brand, which he helps people really recreate and rebuild and refresh their brand and image and how they present themselves to people, as well as brings new ideas and thought processes to candidates and companies on how to view applicants and hiring practices. So I'd like to introduce to you Alex so he can bring some insight to some of the new challenges and the new norms we have with this pandemic and the changing environments. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Okay. And how Perfect. are you doing? Good. How are I'm you doing? doing? Well. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Good. You know, this just kind of, you know, playing it by ear every day, I guess, like everybody else. We have a very interesting dynamic now. We have we have a lot of people that are now looking, but the, demographically, we have a lot of young people that have struggled even since the last recession to kind of find their footing. And then, yeah. you have, and then you have a lot of young people that are graduating college. Think about those kids. Like, holy crap. You know, I'm graduating college next month. What do I do now? Right. Like, uh, yeah. wow. And so, oh yeah, it's been, I, my phone's been ringing off the hook. I mean, people, I can't imagine <laughs> people want to, people want to know, you know, what, what, you know, creative ways to, to make money. They want to know what they should do to market themselves better. And, and, you know, it's, it's sad because, you know, the thing I tell them is, you know, I can make your resume look amazing, but if there are no jobs, it's not, it's not really going to change anything. Right. It's, exactly. This is what I wanted to talk to you. So you, you've worked for this company that you've been with for, I think what, 15 years. The, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you, yep. So, so you've hired a lot of, are you guys, are you working? Yeah. Working full remote right now, but I had to convert my whole team. And that's an interesting topic right there. Cause we, we always said we were prepared to go full remote, but you never really know until you make the switch. But I, I moved the whole team uh, to remote and uh, we're, we're up and running. It took us a few days to like really work out a lot of the kinks, especially the phones. That was a tough one, but yeah, we're working. I mean, business is down last quarter. First quarter was the, the busiest quarter we've ever had in company history. Uh, most profitable, most top end dollar as well. And this quarter is like much, much slower as you can imagine. Cause we, we service or we serve airlines and uh, there's smaller airlines there. You know, this is a smaller plane that we work on, but there it's global. It's all over the world and all over the world. I mean, it's like example, one of our biggest clients is in the Maldive islands. It's a resort Island or a bunch of, it's like a hundred resort islands and they have close to a hundred of these aircraft over there and none of them are operating at all. So our, that's right. our biggest client that just says, okay, we're, we're done for right now. We'll be back later. So, so you guys are even struggling. Well, oh, for sure. Who, who yeah. is it? Who is, so the people, so I tell people the people that aren't struggling is imagine now you're living at home or you're working from home. Mm -hmm. What things are you now doing that you didn't do before? 
And so number one, Netflix is big, huge. Like right. pe- people that have all this free time, they need to do something, right? So they all been jumping on Netflix. So Netflix is up. Of course, I bought stock in it. I won't even comment. Um, Genius. <laughs> well, well uh, listen, you have to, you have, I think the problem is, is most people don't think about the next steps. They don't think about what's next. So when the economy started to, when, we, when this COVID-19 started to go crazy, you know, and everybody starts going to work from home. In my back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what behavior changes are about to take place? All the delivery services are going to see a huge uptick, right? Netflix is going to see a huge uptick. Um, online streaming is going to see a huge uptick. Grocery stores where you can pick up outside, i.e. Walmart, is going to see a huge uptick because people mm-hmm. don't want to go in and handle the product. We, I, I knew, a lot of people did, but I knew that p- behaviors were going to change. And, and the thought process is you go after the, beha- you go after the change. You, you try to stay ahead of that curve. Right. And I think the problem is, is most people don't think that way. And so, you know, for me, and this is what I've been telling people, is that you've got to think six months from now, what, what are we still going to continue to be doing because of this coronavirus, which is still going to be around, right? It's going to be around at least until middle of next year. We're not going to have a vaccine until... March or April of next year, that's going to be approved, ready for production. And then they have to ramp up production. So it's not going to be like a a light switch. We're going to be struggling with this virus for the next year. I'll mind you, we'll probably get more control over it. And hopefully testing will make it easier for us to know who not to go hang out with. Right. But the thing that you have to ask yourself if you're in today's market is simple. What do you think in six months, what, how is our behaviors going to be ingrained and what are we going to do differently and how is that going to change who we are? And that's why I wanted to talk to you because we're in a point now where now more than ever, it's all about branding yourself, making, being different than everybody else, right? Somehow elevating yourself to a different level and, and giving the hiring managers or the leaders of today What's going to get them to say you're the person amongst the other 10 other people that are available? A, a guy calls me up. He says, I need, to do, I need to do a resume. I've been working in the cruise business for 20 years. How do I convert that so people know that I'm not married to the cruise industry when that's all I've done? I think that you, it depends on what you actually are putting down below the, uh, the actual title and job that you held. Like, what is the description under it? Because Honestly, if I was looking at a resume and it said like 20 years in the cruise industry, that might actually interest me. I'm going to look at the skills they have. And, it's, and, and you know this, when you're writing a resume, it's all about like for the job you want, not the one you had necessarily. So you want to position it the right way. Here's an example. I hired some, somebody one time. I had an inventory project and I was hiring dozens of people. So I had hundreds of resumes, literally hundreds of them come across my desk. And it was a temporary position, but I need to hire like 10 really good people to, to do this, this job. And one of them on his resume said he was a sushi chef which caught my eye because I'm like, that's weird. I never heard of anyone who was a sushi chef before. So I started like reading the actual description, but he positioned it in a way that he had to know the inventory he had to know what he could make. And he talked about it like it was inventory management, the, the position that I was temporarily hiring for. He ended up getting the job because it was so interesting because it was different than the norm. Everyone else was like inventory in this space, in this space. He just positioned it in a way that was like, wow, I've never thought of that as inventory. Before. I have to tell you this, now that you've brought it up, this is actually a funny story. I had this lady email me her resume 
and she was the director of this company. And, you know, I'm reading through it and it's talking about managing the budget and the P&L, organizing meetings, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, yeah, so it sounds pretty cool. So I call her up. She was the director of her family. So, so, no way. But, but you know what, though? I was like, this is the moment I've been looking for all my life. Like, how do you take someone who's been a Susie homemaker for six years and make her marketable? I called her because I thought she was the director of a company. Wow, and, man. And I'm talking to her and I'm thinking, you are brilliant. Like, totally brilliant. Like, what you were doing is, I would have never called her. I would have never called her. But she did exactly what you did. She, she, what you said, she took the, the things that the, the, the lessons learned, the things that she did, you know, we all know that being a mother is one of the hardest jobs on the planet. Mm -hmm. And she took that and she broke it down on all the things that would apply to the business world. And I sure as hell, I'm telling you, it was the most, I I literally had my hair was standing up on my arms because I'm thinking to myself, I would have never called this person (laughs) if if she had said, I'm a homemaker doing a podcast in a couple of weeks with a guy that's going to talk about soft skills versus hard skills. The, the problem is, is, is up until recently or up until the last few years, companies have been so focused on finding people with just the hard skills for each yeah. of their jobs. And they, they have a list and sure you've done this. I'm going to ask you this in a second. You have a list, five things that you must have. They're all hard skills. You, your, your HR person looks at a resume. If they don't have the five hard skills, they probably toss it. Well, the problem, though, with that concept now is that the 80 million baby boomers are retiring or going to retire Mm -hmm. in the next five to 10 years. They'll be all gone. There's only 45 million generation Xers to take over. So we're going to have this huge gap, which is going to be filled by the next largest generation, the millennials. The problem is the millennials have great soft skills, but they don't have all the hard skills yet. Right. Right. You have a choice as a company. So my question, my first question to you is, is when you're looking, you know, before we went into this whole pandemic, when, when you were looking at candidates, how, how much emphasis did you put on hard skills? So for, for me, when I'm looking at people's skills that I'm going to potentially even bring in for an interview at this point, uh, I always make sure that they, they show somewhat of a, a history at a job, which I think everyone does, right? That's the first thing we're looking at. We're looking to see have they actually stayed somewhere for, longer than a month or two. Right. I mean, right. you know, and like, I, I find that a lot of the, the younger generation this is the first one. And I, I almost throw away, I can't even say what percentage of these resumes I just toss because it's like, you've had th- four jobs in the last year. I'm like, well, you know, why is or that? Even, no? or, or even in the last five years. I mean, really, I mean, it's, oh, let's, true. let's yeah, be, absolutely. let's be real. I mean, you know, you are an anomaly like I am. We've been with the same company forever. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I guess at some point, maybe that doesn't look good either, but that's probably a, a conversation that you'd be more, you'd be better answering than I would be talking about that. But, uh, but anyway, when I'm looking at people, I'm just saying that they're, they're not staying at a job. That's like my first indicator. And then another one is if, if they have been at jobs for a while, I look at what, what line of work is it and how, how big is it like the shift, if you will. So are they in the food industry for two years? And they switch over to IT for two years. And then they go to, you know, some other industry. They go to automotive for a few years. It, it kind of worries me as well because I'm like, okay, they, they haven't found what they're looking for yet. Am I going to be just another, you know, kind of a couple year thing where they're like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll hang around. Maybe not. I'll try another industry. Are they going to bounce around like that? Mm-hmm. That's another one that, that really kind of is eye-opening to me. And, and then, of course, 
grammar and spelling is also important when I'm looking at a resume. I don't right, know but I mean, but, but I mean, you're in, a, you're in a very unique industry. You know, aviation, aerospace. Yeah. You know, working with planes is is so unique, and but it's also a niche industry where you're not going to find a treasure trove of people when you're looking at a candidate that has, let's say, automotive background, are you, are you considering them because you know that aviation is going to be so hard to find or are you being hell bent on wanting to find those niche you know, skills? Oh, I mean, you'll, you'll never find somebody with like seeing someone with an aerospace background at all is like, it basically never happens. You know, it's like so rare to find somebody that has a background in it. So I'll look at things that, that over, over time, I was just able to decide, okay, this is like a hardworking industry that's somewhat similar. And, you know, here, here's an interesting thing. When I'm hiring people in my warehouse, which I, I hire those people from time to time, um, I look for people with uh, backgrounds in, in um, food industry. Mm-hmm. So whether they were stocking at a, at like a grocery store or they were actually in a restaurant, because I find that they understand the attention to detail because you can't put things in the wrong place. And at the end of the day, it's all got to be in, if it's, if it's something that needs to be in the, like a freezer aisle or needs to be kept refrigerated, like they make sure that's done when they leave at the end of the day, everything's spotless, or at least you like to believe it is because we all go eat at these places. Right. But, um, it's, so that's kind of the thing that I'm look I look for someone like that. Cause I'm like, you know what, they'll treat these parts the way the FAA, which is, Federal Aviation Association. That's what the government requires us to do. I know they'll treat it right because they understand because they've been in an industry where that kind of crosses over in a very weird way. That's a soft scale. So yeah. you're seeing the value in the, you're predicting what their mindset will be based on the things that they've done on how they would necessarily support your business. This is an example of exactly what I'm talking about. So you don't necessarily look at the black and white of a cannon and say, okay, he's coming out of a food plant or a food warehouse you know, we're dealing with aerospace parts, he's not going to be able to figure it out. You're looking at the fact that, okay, if he's managed the, the, to, to put things in the right places and, and quality check and know exactly where product goes and has a system and has done the types of systems that you guys have or even close, that you can teach them what a, a turbine is, but you can't teach them, you know, how to sort things, how to palletize things, how to, you know, rotate things when in stock that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like kind of the way I'm explaining it, like going back to my warehouse example, again, us being regulated by the government, they can show up at any point. The FAA can walk in, they can flash a badge, and then you have to open every door for them and they have to look at everything. And that's kind of scary for some people. My thing is if somebody already knew that this shelf always needs to be empty and to treat it like you would food at your old job, and that shelf is always empty, that's great. But somebody who comes in that maybe, and you know, I've actually, I'm not trying to pick on any other industry, but a lot of the automotive industry does not have near the requirements that the aerospace industry does. So for them, just leaving stuff on a shelf, use, not use, it doesn't matter. Like they don't, you know, they'll, they'll know what it is when they go pick it up type of thing. But in our industry, if you have a used part next to a completely brand new part that's certified, they're sitting side by side, you are getting a fine from the FAA for doing that because God forbid that broken part that's next to the good one goes on a plane, the plane crashes. You know, the difference between a car and a plane is the car just pulls off the side of the road and has a problem, plane falls out of the sky. So, you know, you're held to a much different standard. So I find that, just, just knowing the people that I'm staffing that often, not everybody, but often the people that come from an automotive background, they don't have the same understanding of oh, why this is so important to keep these things separate because in their mind, it's like, well, it's easy. I'll know just by looking at it. But again, someone in food, it's like, hey, you don't put these type of foods next to each other, you know, and like this one goes in here, this one goes in there. And I just found that that's like, I know I'm kind of beating that example of death here, but that's just a really practical way that I know that, okay, I'm looking at these resumes, this type of background makes sense. 
And all goes back to the fact I'm never going to find someone with aerospace, you know, experience. It's so rare. And when you do, they think that they're worth, you know, they want eight figures a year or a month because they have an air, the word aerospace in their, in their resume. So, so you mentioned something. Let's go back to what you said about the guy that has three different companies he's worked for. One's food, one's IT, and one's mm-hmm. automotive. You say, I don't want to be number four. This guy doesn't really know what he wants. I get that. You're, I, I, but, you know, from their perspective, it may not be about the industry. It may be about the opportunity to develop. It may, it may be about their boss. Do you feel like you're discounting them too soon? Like, I get the fact that you're right. It, it would be the first question that I would ask. But do you feel like you're discounting them too soon without trying to identify maybe what the reasoning is? Because, you know, not everybody is industry, like, not everybody's so married to an industry, right? I mean, they're married yeah. to learning. They're married into married to growing. They're married to being in the right environment where they can grow and help that company grow. So do you think that maybe sometimes looking at the hardness of the three industries they were in and just kind of like overanalyzing that, do you think that that may be, you may be missing people? Sometimes, but you know what, actually I, I should, I should say it's usually that type of person will still get if as long as it's again, over a couple of years, it's not just every six months making a move. If it's over a couple of years, each of those things, in those different industries, I'll usually at least give them a call uh, again, depending on the fact that the resume is, uh, is clean. Everything is spelt right, which to all the listeners, that's the, the hardest thing to find these days. I feel like it's just people that can spell correctly. Um, you know, given that all that is done correctly and it's neat and orderly, I'll still give them a call. And I, I've hired people that have had that type of situation because I'll ask, I, I, you know, you can only ask so many questions in today's world, but I'll start probing a little bit and finding out, okay, why'd you go from, from IT to, 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 you know, to working on lawns? Like what made you decide to do that? And it, there's been a couple of times where I've actually had some really good hires that had a background like that. And it was just the fact that they were trying to discover who they were still at that point. And I, if I felt like the personality was a right fit, at that point, I was like, you know what, we'll, we'll give it a shot with you. And I have done that. But again, it, some, I probably have missed some people in that space just because sometimes it, it worries me a little bit. Well, let me ask you, here's another twist. So now the big thing is you have hundreds of people in the hotel industry, the restaurant industry, and the cruise industry now in the market. And the most common thing I hear is I want to make a shift to a different industry. And it goes to your point, though, that what you put on paper it doesn't have to be a job description per se, but more so a skills description of what things, yes. what soft and medium skills that you've, that you've you acquired during those times that have allowed you to be successful because it could be applicable across many industries. Very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. I think for me, like really what it comes down to, I'm looking at a resume like that. I want to see, I want to get in your head and imagine what you're thinking, how you'd do good for the job that you're, you're applying for. Like, I want to know that you think that you could do well. And if you can position it in a way on a resume where I can read it and say, you know what, this actually would make sense. That's a huge plus. And it doesn't always matter what the resume has on it previously. I mean, clearly, Michael, you've heard everything. When that story you just shared blew my mind. I've, I'm going to tell like 10 people that tomorrow in the office, but um, it's I've really, never anything like that. I, I, listen, it just happened like three weeks ago. I've never, wow. seen, it, I've never seen it either. Well, she, you know, everybody's being affected by coronavirus. Her husband yeah, was laid yeah. off and she wants to try to help him out. And so she was looking for a job. So she contacted me about a job that I had, but it blew my mind. But it's so, I never in 21 years thought of that ever. Like it never dawned on me. Anytime I see someone who's had been a homemaker for whatever, a long period of time, 
I honestly, I don't even talk to them. It's terrible. I know, but I don't talk to them because I don't, I'm thinking, I mean, she's never, now mind you, she had work experience prior. It's not Mm -hmm. like she only was a homemaker. That may be a different story, but she had work experience prior. She just had that, that seven or eight year gap where she was raising her kids. And yeah, actually, that's interesting you say that. I don't mean to cut you off, but I think it's a really big point here because there's been a bunch of people I've not hired for the gaps. Because when I see a gap, I assume, okay, they must have had a really bad falling out at a job. And I ended up calling one lady because the rest of her resume was so good. Turns out she took four years off to raise her kids until the youngest one could go into daycare. And, you know, I told him, like, if that could have just been on there somehow, like, I don't know how you would do it. But if that could have been on there, so I knew it wasn't just this last four years, you had a terrible experience and your employer fired you and was mad at you and stuff like that, or you left on bad terms, or there was something illegal happening. If I would have just known that, it would have given me much more peace of mind. And she openly said it when we were on the phone. But if that could somehow be on the resume to not to fill in those gaps, because my first thing, I'm like, okay, why did this person take four years off? Like, what well, happened? I mean, well, think about it. There's your answer. She could put, she was the director of her household. Right? But, well, but, but you know, it's funny is this, Alex, it's, it's, it's more common than you think. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen candidates send me their resume with these gaps. And when you actually talk to them, the gaps are explainable. I even had candidates, we don't think this way, right? But I've had candidates go back and get their MBA. And that gap was them getting their MBA. But they, oh, don't, but they don't actually put on there that that's what they were doing during that time. And you're right. You make that immediate assumption that, okay, he was he in jail for three years? Like, right. what, like what's the what's the deal here? The questions we can't ask, right? <laughs> well, uh, here's another good one for you. The, the, you know, my listeners are probably going to think I'm crazy now, but so I had a guy send me his resume, and for seven years he was he managed a um, a pet care uh, like uh, like a pet care like like I don't know like a not a pound. Um, like a resort, a pet care resort or whatever, where dogs would be left, he would take care of them, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, but before that, so the seven years he was in this job, before that, he was an engineer. I'm thinking, why the hell would a guy who was an engineer run a pet, pet place? I mean, that makes no sense to me. But his background as an engineer was just like phenomenal, like out of this world phenomenal. So I called him up and I'm like, you know, you've got this awesome engineering background. I don't understand why for seven years you're taking care of animals. He says, well, I was in prison. Hmm. I'm like, what? He says, well, I was in prison. And part of my, I had a work program. And part of that work program was we had a, you know, a, a, a daycare, I guess, for dogs that we serviced for the community. And I was my job. Wow. And, you know, I thought to myself, okay, how do I, how do I, I mean, he got me to call him, right? He did, he did it right. He, he put it it on paper properly. You know, of course there's challenges, you know, and like, especially with you in your field. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, You, there's, there's certain things you can't get at too, but having a felony is a little bit of a problem. Um, uh, But it was interesting because again, he got me to call him because he creatively made it look like, he wasn't in prison, which he wasn't. I mean, he, the whole time he was in prison, he was in this work program where he was doing this stuff on the side or doing this stuff as a, as a job. Um, but it didn't say that, that he was in prison. It said that he was in this work program or, or he was taking care of these animals. And so I think to your point, I think one of the biggest things that people should take away if, from a branding standpoint is to make sure that there are no loose there's no loose air or no gaps in your resume. Yeah. And if so, you have to explain it, but more so stop writing a resume as if it's a job description, 
more so than it's a skills description. Yes, exactly. You know, tell people, you know, the, the, the things that you gain from a knowledge and mindset and those skills and, and build that into your story rather than talking about just you built turbine engines. Um, interesting. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. And I, the reason I asked you that question is because now we have, again, all these people, I mean, I get them every day now. I mean, people from Royal Caribbean, because they're based out of Miami, you know, I, that have been in the cruise business. A buddy of mine, his whole background is rest, um, hotels and cruising. And he's like, I don't know what to do, Michael, because no, hotels and cruise ships are not hiring. And I'm like, right. well, but you have, you've managed a PL, you've built, you've built, run a department, you've managed 72 people. You, I get the fact that you're focused on so much on what companies you work for, but you have to talk about the skills that you have. I mean, yeah. you've, you've managed a full PL and had 400 employees underneath you. That's not something to just, you know, shy away from. No way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he sends me his resume. And of course, it's like cruise, cruise, cruise. I'm like, okay, Dave, let's fix this. But it's like that <laughs> point that he spent so much time focusing on pitching the fact that he worked for a cruise line and, and totally missed out on the fact that he has all these skills that he's acquired over the years that he's not highlighting on his credentials. Yeah. I mean, those skills translate into all industries, right? I mean, just about any industry would say, yeah, that's good. You know, you just leave the word cruise out and it's like, that's, that's a great skill. Anyway, mm -hmm. we could, I feel like we could talk forever. And I'm oh, sure for have, sure. And I'm <laughs> sure you have things to do. I'm going to have a lot to edit now, but it's, it <laughs> but um, no, this was a super fun conversation though. I had yeah, a blast. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk. Alex, what do you do? You know, you're a branding guy. You've got this whole, you know, you podcast now that you do. You, you have a few podcasts. What do you want people to know about you that get the word out on Alex? Yeah. So again, as you mentioned by day, I'm in aerospace. I'm also, I'm a side hustle guy. I love having side hustles. It's always been something I've done. It's, it's just always been kind of passionized doing something alongside because like most millennials, I need to have my creative mind going as well. And I found the best way for me to do that is have the stable nine to five job that I love but also be able to explore that passion outside of it and kind of, you know, build something. So creating a brand is my company. Easiest way to find it is just creatingabrand.com. I have just a few pages. You can kind of see what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a podcaster, as you mentioned. And I always set up a phone. I like texting. So I just set up a phone number for your audience if they're interested in, in learning a little bit more. So they'll just text 1-904-299-8992 and just text the word offer. So I know that you came from Michael. I'll have some free courses and a community there. That nothing, nothing that's paid or anything like that. Just some free stuff to, to offer to your community because I, I believe in what you're doing here. But yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm podcasting and, and building and, online courses. And you're, and, and, and you're based in Jacksonville. You work for what company? It's called Team JAS. So now if people are looking, they know where they might have opportunities down the road. Yeah, Not yeah, yet. Right? Don't, don't we be will be hiring. We don't will be, be hiring. Now. Right. Don't, don't be flooding him with resumes today because he's still at home. But um, listen, <laughs> Alex, it's a pleasure. I love your personality. You've got such a great vibe. I'm glad to have you on. We talked a lot about a lot of different things. Now I got to dissect how to approach it. But, <laughs> um, but I think that there's a lot of value in what we discussed and I'm excited and you know, maybe I'll make a couple podcasts out of it. Um, hey, I love it. Yeah, but uh, great energy. If there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. And, and thanks for coming on the show. Perfect. Thanks so much, Michael. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yep. You too. Bye. All right. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast. Also, please, please feel free to share, like, send, tag your friends. Let them have the opportunity to listen and understand and get a better viewpoint from the people that we talk to. Also, please don't forget, 
If you have any questions, you can email me at any time. And I hope you guys had a great day.